Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 79. This week on the episode, I've got a conversation with the band Glass House Point. Um, had a great time talking with these dudes, and we really kind of hit on a f- lot of different things, really, but um, a few key points within the the conversation Um, We talked about their new music, kind of how the band formed and has evolved over the last couple years. Um, And then we talked a lot about Spotify and trying to master the algorithm and kind of how the digital age and streaming services have affected uh, artistry and, and the musicianship that goes along with it. And, you know, trying to make the right plays to trend well on these different, you know, weekly updated playlists and things like that. But at the same time, staying true to yourself and authentic and putting out art that you really feel connected to and that you can stand beside and present it and say, look, this is, you know, who I am, or this is what I've created and I'm proud of it. Um, Like I said, great time talking to these guys, so I just want to jump right into this conversation for you, and so that's what we're going to do. This is my conversation with Glasshouse Point. Um, So to kick things off, I do start off with the same boring-ass question, and that's the simple introduction. Who you are, what you do in the band, and just a little background musically on yourself. I mean, I'm Ian Campbell. Uh, I play bass, keys bass in the band, uh, do all like the stuff inside, and yeah, yeah, and then I'm Dylan Graham, and I sing, um, you know, I do some of the songwriting, the guitar, uh, guitar. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much it, and uh, yeah. that's us. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, no, no, uh, so let's talk a little bit about kind of the formation of Glasshouse Point, so obviously, you know, growing up in, in the same area and stuff, how easy was it of a decision to be like, this is the group that we need to make music with? Well, I think the band kind of had like a, at first we were, it's kind of funny, we were a folk band. Like, okay. up, like banjo, I played upright bass, um, violin player at one time. Yeah. And uh, we just kind of like, kind of like, you know, it was all our, our boys, you know, from high school and stuff like that. And we were just, you know, jamming, hanging out and, you know, going on the lake and stuff like our buddy's house and just, you know, playing, you know, local shows at like restaurants and stuff. And then uh, after a while, we just started to kind of like, you know, phase in new people and new friends and at, got to a point about like, I guess it's like our senior year really, going like into freshman year of college that we were like, oh, this, this is the group. And like, yeah. you know, started playing bigger shows, touring with them and stuff like that. Yeah, the group kind of just formed. And then before we were even a band, we were friends for years. I mean, we just went to high school together, all, all uh, four of us or all three of us. And then our drummer Jansen went to another local high school and just kind of connected up. Um, But it really just started as friendship. And when we, when we first started the band, I think it was just out of like a mutual desire to play music because we were terrible, like (laughs) God-level, like, you know, struggling with four chord song type of thing. But we've been, you know, that was in, you know, I think we always say officially our band started in 2013. So we've been doing this a long time. Like, so it's like eight years, probably yeah. even before that, you know, I was hanging out like in eighth grade playing, playing music and stuff. Um, so it's had, a, it's had a progression, but 
you know, that's just kind of, that's how it worked, you know, eight years later, now we actually know what we're doing. You right. Know? But, and then obviously like Ian was saying, it took to probably into high school till like we had some moving around band members and stuff, people going to different colleges. And then we've kind of just stuck with the core group for like the last five, six years. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, obviously, you know, going through that, especially through high school, like so many high school bands fizzle out and stuff like that. For sure. At what, what age, I guess, you know, did you kind of make that decision that this is what I want to do and this is like a real goal versus just the hangout and play around? Uh, honestly, I mean, I would say I think I think we we're all pretty ambitious from the beginning almost, like almost like some uh, being a little naive and just like, <laughs> passionate. I think that helped a lot. Like if anything, I think we're still think we probably need to be more naive and passionate nowadays. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, back in the day, you know, we we're struggling for chord songs. And I'm like, guys, like we got to be legends. All right. <laughs> um, and so I think we always like really wanted to go as far as possible with it. And that's why a couple of people, you know, did leave the band. I think those of us who wanted to keep doing it stuff stayed. And another thing that I helped the band too, is like, we were lucky enough to get involved in the music scene, like actually become a part of the scene, like at a young age. Um, right. And it wasn't even like the original music scene. It was more so like the cover music scene, which helped us learn. Uh, but we were also making money and um, yeah. our band was making money and we were able to take that money and reinvest it. So we weren't in a, we were in a unique position where, you know, a lot of these bands, you know, they couldn't afford to go into the studio, but we were doing these gigs and taking all the money and we were able to do our first EP and stuff. So we kind of have like the means and like the encouragement even to keep going. And I think a lot of doors kept opening for us and like, we're still trying to open as many doors as possible, but we, we had some inertia. So that helped. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If we were just, you know, our, our drummer came from another band called Life on Jupiter. It was actually way cooler than our band. They're doing <laughs> dope house shows. Like he was crowd surfing and he's the drummer. Like, but they only did a few shows and they didn't really have like gigs or, you know, those doors weren't opening, which, you know, if they did, they'd probably, you know, way bigger than us now. <laughs> yeah, just joking. But it, it's kind of funny. I mean, I think a lot of people's bands like can fizzle out and stuff because it's hard to know where to go. And we were lucky, you know, to give ourselves some credit. I think we were driven, but yeah. also we had opportunities to like keep working towards. Oh, yeah. Even this podcast, man, like you've been practicing for this podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we have, we have stuff to practice and work towards. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think, you know, the, the cool thing that you, you mentioned there is, you know, it is partly luck, right? Like you got lucky that certain things opened up. And I think so, so often nowadays, people are all about the, the hustle mentality and it's just purely how hard you work and that's not entirely true right like you could be busting your ass but if the right people aren't there then it's not going to matter oh sure. yeah we've seen people around us too that have you know hit the top of the ladder you know and stuff like that and like oh man we were right there with them and stuff like that you know and people open up for us that are on huge tours now and stuff like yeah, that it, goes, it happens it yeah. goes both ways you know it's, yeah, all, yeah. it's all up at the draw and location for sure yeah. but regardless too the only way to get lucky is if you just keep going pretty much too. Cause once you stop right. going, you know, once the momentum's gone, you know, it's, yeah, it's hard, you know? Yeah. And, and that's something I've told, you know, other artists as well, you know, the, I forget how the exact quote goes, but there's a quote that says something along the lines of 
good luck is hard work earned or something like that. And again, to, to a certain extent, I, I agree with that. But again, if, you know, you could be playing a ton of local gigs or house shows, but if it's not getting outside of your small area, you know, there's a glass ceiling that you're going to hit. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And that's something like one of our big things, too, was I think just, you know, we got a we got a van and a trailer and we started hitting the road, too. Also, yeah, that was a big part of it for being sure. able to reach out. because We're from Florida, obviously, and it's right. real easy for us to hit like Nashville, Atlanta, um, you know, North Carolina is not too hard. Yeah. And those are just kind of big scenes for us that also really helped kind of get us going. On yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, I'm a. I say considerably older than you guys. I'm 36. So uh, the digital music scene didn't really exist when I first got into all this. But talk a little bit about coming up through the digital music scene where you've got access to Spotify and Apple and all this stuff to, to really broadcast your music yeah. nationwide and worldwide. I mean, we've been really, we've been lucky, lucky with yeah. one song. <laughs> but even it's, it's not even luck, it's an algorithm. You know, it, right. it's actually not luck. It's it's weird how it works. Um, in some ways, I think it's really cool. In some ways, I think it's completely detrimental to music and artists. Yeah. Um, but you know, we won't go into that yet. But uh, <laughs> we had we had one song, Creatures. That's that was from our last record in 2017. It's at like 1.2 million streams. Um, and you know that a lot of that is from Spotify. Um, you know, pushing it out, Discover Weekly type stuff. I guess, you know, that particular song, what people right. listen to, there's a big demographic who like that style, um, which is, it's, it's funny as an artist, because now we're like totally leaving that style. Like, right. you know what I mean? It, it's like looking right. back at that, you know, proud of the work, proud of the song, something we wrote when we were just getting into college, just starting to tour, you know, 18 years old, now we're 23. And it's like, so we want our new work to be, um, to be shown. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that experience in and of itself can kind of show that's, that's pretty much the digital scene summed up, yeah. you know, it's you, you work really hard on something and you just like, let it go. And then, you know, you try to work with people, PR, you know, and, and people who can maybe help stimulate it a little bit, but it's a weird lands landscape to, to operate in. It's very strange. Yeah. Yeah. And then with COVID too, like that one, that one sent the whole yeah, thing. and not right. really, like shows and stuff too. Like it's crazy, you know. It's like oh wow, like Creatures has 1.2 million streams, but you don't see those 1.2 million faces or you know right. whatever. Or not one time, you know. It's important. You know? Yeah, it's just it's it's very weird. It, it it's strange. Yeah, I almost wish we were selling CDs. That'd be kind of simpler. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and that was kind of my, my point is, you know, like when I came up through the music scene and got into music journalism, even like it was still all about physical, physical CDs, physical LPs, all that sort of stuff. And now it's like those are almost the collector's items, right? Like, yeah, for sure. I've got Spotify premium. I don't need the CD, exactly. but I want it. So then I'll pick that up. What's crazy too is, I mean, it costs a lot of money to print CDs. It's not like you yeah. can go and print CDs. I mean, are we going to do shirts? Or are we going to do CDs? Are we going to do lighters? Are we going to do CDs? Like, are we even going to have merch? You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, I don't think we've had done CDs for four years now almost. And not because we don't want to. It's just like, that's just not the world we're living in. I, I yeah. we get more return on you following us on Spotify or following us on Instagram because then we can connect with you over and over again. Versus our CD. Ain't that sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny too, because we're not, you know, 
speaking of online, we're not, and we had another uh, interview we did recently and, and it was like, like how like important is social media to you and stuff? I'm like, obviously it's important, but like, I said straight up, I'm like, we suck at social oh, we're media. So we hate it. Like, yeah. cause we're not really good at, you know, there's some bands and like props to them. They're awesome. They're really, really good at connecting that way. I mean, hell man, I'm, I'm barely functioning as a human being myself. <laughs> like I'm trying to like, you know, I'm not worried as much about Instagram or even Spotify or doing all this stuff as I am creating something, you know? Um, yeah. And it's funny because one of our biggest strong points of the band, and I think just kind of even how we got started is playing live. Like, right. and we struggled out a long time, even this last record, it, it's better, but even the new stuff we're working on, we're finally getting to the point where it's like, okay, this recorded stuff does the band like justice. Cause it's just different. Like, oh yeah. We're, we're always like a really like energetic, like live show. We're yeah. always, you know, it just feels different, you yeah. know? Yeah. So if, if we could just sell CDs <laughs> at our shows, if we lived in that era, that actually would work so well for our band, which is ironic. But we're also blessed because we are one of the bands that have gotten Spotify blessed to a degree. So yeah. Spotify God. <laughs> yeah. But and I, I think, you know, it, it's something that a friend of mine named MC Lars told me years ago on Warp Tour. He used to joke, but he's super serious about it, that really most musicians nowadays are t-shirt salesmen that happen to make music yeah for sure oh yeah i i can't tell you it's it's so yeah. you go through all the clickbait on youtube and the, the self-help books and stuff like that you know the, right. you know, the diy stuff and you know you could be personable tour hacking and all these crazy things but like in, in all honesty it seems like the people who really are you know successful in this day and age are just kind of almost blowing up organically or they knew somebody yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. well, and I, I think the nice, it's a catch 22, really. I mean, obviously, everyone wants to make money doing what they love and being on a major label would obviously help with that. But it's, it's almost not necessary anymore to some degree, because you have so much open access with the internet. Could, you know, different team members potentially, like you were saying, kind of push it and, and make it grow in certain areas? Sure. But do you have to pay somebody to do it? No. I mean, it's not a necessity now. I think, you know, we were talking about this even today because I do a lot of like the managerial stuff or more so even had in the past half because it's gotten to a point where it's just hard. And back in the day, I used to just not listen during my college classes and, and send emails. Right. <laughs> that, that, that motivated me. I was so motivated to do it. Now it's like, you know, I don't want to do that on my free time. So I would, I would love to have, you know, we would love to hire somebody out of team and stuff too. But I think what's really, what's good about having your own band members work on stuff. And then, you know, we have a photographer we've worked with for years who's awesome, but you definitely need to find people who are super invested in the band. And one thing that's yeah. terrifying about, you know, even though, you know, we'd love to get a manager soon too. And we've had managers hit us up and stuff too, but we've never had a manager hit us up who was like, invested in this like we are you know what i mean right. and so if you can create a team around it or something then that's awesome i think that's the way to do it nowadays because you know it's not the hardest thing in the world to be an entrepreneur i mean all three of us are doing it right now just right. podcast <laughs> um you know and success is pretty uh subjective too yeah. and i think you know it, it's funny I, I don't think we have any necessary i mean if, you know, if, look, if capital comes and says they'll sign us and we'll have complete autonomy, I'm down. But, right. <laughs> um, you know, I think there's so much you can do nowadays. And, you know, even with social media and stuff too, maybe this is just me like 
you know, recently, and we've been talking about this all day uh, too, um, is, I don't know, it's just, it'd, it'd be nice. A lot of bands, a lot of people are focusing on so much stuff that's like not the music, us included to a degree too. And I do think, I don't know, maybe it's my hope whatever but i think what we're trying to get to maybe more so now is like okay like screw the tactics like uh, we're gonna keep doing the tactics because right. we're too scared to not do it but at the same time like the better music we make and like art we can make i think yeah. that's really the sauce people will find it hopefully you know? yeah. that's because i don't know i just think there's a lot of people you know making kind of some like cookie cutter like i actually saw somebody post something about this like i never even thought about this but there are some people out there literally creating songs for the Spotify algorithm. Yeah. Like literally like, Oh, like I know this type of thing will perform. I'm going to create that and try to do the best I can to give, you know, serve up something that's going to be wide based for a consumer. And I'm going to play that, that, um, yeah, you want to be running in that Victoria's secret whatever for, you know, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> it's so weird. It's just, it's a, it's a weird landscape. I'm rambling, rambling. And that's what I do, but it's just, it's just so weird. And I, I hope, you know, what we're trying to do, what we're learning to do and to innovate. Yeah. Hopefully we can innovate and like, you know, it's taken eight years to get here. Right. You still don't know how to do that. I mean, well, I think we've tried, but like, damn, another eight years, like we probably still won't know. We'll just keep <laughs> doing it, you know? But, and I mean, just like music itself, like the scene keeps evolving, right? The, the industry keeps evolving. So like I said, when I started out, Napster was a thing, LimeWire was a thing, but like there was no legal way to get your music uh, digitally like that. So um, I think, you know, it, it going into your point, like to figure out how to match your algorithm to some extent, but still be true to yourself and create the art that you want is really that balance that you're trying to find. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, we, we hope our music does well. But, and we're all inspired. I mean, we're all come from the same generation too. I mean, all of us, you and us too, you know, we're not like 40 yeah. years apart by any means. So I think right. there's <laughs> so many influences that are like huge successes, like Radiohead, and The Neighborhood, and hell, I'll even throw the 1975 in there, even though we're not huge fans, but we, we all of them, you know, we, they're great. You know what I mean? So there's always going to be some of that in our music, but then we're going to do our own thing too. Yeah. We got some weird ones. Like, yeah. You know, we were out there with Fugazi and Deftone and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I think that also helps when it comes to, to music creation and whatnot, because you can kind of pull from all these different sources, if you will, you know, like, Oh, that Fugazi baseline was, was sick. Let's tweak yeah. that a little bit and do something along that line. Um, you know, and, it, as long as it's not a blatant ripoff, it can still trigger the nostalgia out of somebody and be like, oh shit, this kind of sounds like that. Like, I want to dig in and see what they've got. Yeah, um, absolutely. We talked about that a lot recently too, kind of getting access to like the collective unconscious, if you will, and, yeah. you know, <laughs> diving into some of the esoterics of it, but really just, you know, figuring out like, you know, how can we reach people's, you know, emotive states with our songwriting and being able to yeah. pull from, you know, like you said, from like Radiohead and, you know, all these older bands that you look up to. For sure. There's also yeah. this whole mentality too, is it's like, you know, you're going to be the hardest critic on your own work. I'm just like, I've, you know, you, you create something and you fall in love with it. Like immediately, like comes out your mouth, like I'm in love with yeah. this. You're excited about it. You want to work on it. And then maybe four years down the road, I mean, maybe it holds significance to other people. Maybe to you, you're not in love with it anymore. But the hope, the hope is this, is, you know, we're going to create, 
keep creating things that we love and like we have all right taste like, <laughs> so hopefully like somebody else will love it too and you know that's really all you can do um i guess yeah well and i i just talked to another artist the other day and and kind of along that same lines that you're getting at it's as you create art and music like it's kind of a snapshot of where you are mentally and emotionally at that point in your life so like obviously you're going to grow you're going to mature you're going to have these different experiences so it to me is not unnecessary or un what word do i want to use there it's not it's not out of the normal i guess yeah. to evolve that music and sound and you know we talked about me and this artist talked about um the songs that like you're saying maybe five six years old are you ever going to play them live again maybe maybe not you know like there's just not that same connection to it plus you always want to promote the newest work that you have obviously what's so funny is is we actually going off that point we haven't played that one song that has the most <laughs> our last like couple shows we did we've only done like two this year and um like the first one is super socially distanced and then you know things are what they are in florida now which is right. crazy. so we did a show for our our ep release for an event that a friend a local artist had um and we didn't play yeah that one was crazy but we we didn't play our that song either time like yeah um I don't even remember how it happened. Like, I think it was supposed to be like an encore and like there was some technical stuff at the first show. And like, I just got off stage and like, I cannot play like anymore. And <laughs> yeah. then the second time we ended up doing a different song for the encore. Like I'm like looking at Ian. Oh, and I broke a guitar string, I think, or I don't remember what, oh, I just switched guitars for this other song. I didn't bring the other guitar that was in a different tuning. And Ian's like, yeah. please, let's do Hungry Eyes. Like, let's not do Creatures. And I was like, bro, like, I can't, I have to retune. He's like, please do, let's do Hungry Eyes. I was like, I'm not <laughs> do Hungry Eyes. And I don't know, it's just, you know, it's a dope song. It's just like, we've, we've been, we just did like a Rage Against the Machine cover at like exactly. one of our last shows. The one was like, a little we're going this other vibe nice now. You know, harder yeah. rock kind of yeah. vibe. We like played the Rage Against the Machine song, and like people like were moshing and stuff. And we were like, we can't play this like next song. And it starts super soft. <laughs> and, like it's not the vibe. So but yeah. I, it's interesting though, because like I've been vibing not playing it. So maybe like we stop. We do the Radiohead thing where like Radiohead like they never play Creep. Like right. Like <laughs> like what is done with the song? But it's I don't know. It's weird. No, and I, I think you know it. It's kind of a, to me, it's kind of a normal thing, you know, like, like I said, I've been doing music journalism for like 15, 16 years now, and I've seen Bayside, I couldn't tell you how many times, and there's certain songs that I'm like, yeah. tonight's the night, they're going to fucking play it, and then they, they don't, and it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, I, I knew that was going to happen, I didn't want to get my hopes up, but, <laughs> um, you know, but I, again, I think it goes to kind of just the evolution and you know the the true fans are going to understand that and yeah. be growing with you and evolving with you so it's not going to play as big of a factor like the likelihood of you playing a show not playing that song and having fans that are like fuck them you know i'm never listening to them again they didn't play my one song yeah pretty slim yeah yeah for sure for sure it's so funny too because like you know every artist you ever meet or like you know we've learned this you know just in general i've learned this but like you know it's you really should never idolize anybody even people who are like truly you know idolize is a strong word but like it's so funny right. how like human everybody is so it's like 
But when you put it into that perspective, it's just like, oh man, maybe this is just a dude. It's just a group of guys who like don't want to play that type of music anymore. But it's yeah. it's it's funny. It's it's weird leaving. It's it's weird doing something new. But like even like you were saying, I didn't think I haven't thought of it this way. But like obviously no shit. Like um, you know, this last couple <laughs> of years has been really different. And we've all grown like in the last two, three years, like in crazy ways, like, you know, we're 23 now. So it's just like kind of weirdly, like, I don't know, there's like, you know, you have your high school phase, right? Well, you're like 14 to like 18. And then you have your like post high school, college, like whatever the hell you do after that. It's like 18 to 22. So now we're like 23 and it feels like kind of processing all of that. Like I, we are really excited for our, our new music and we were just working on something before this because we were supposed to do kind of trying to batch and we had like another podcast or something. Yeah. It fell through. So which is what we were kind of like stoked. We're like, all right, whatever. Like yeah. we're just going to talk about like art and ramble and <laughs> you know, mixing the song we we're working on. But it does feel like now, like it's really exciting. Um, that just everything's kind of coming together a little bit. Like even yeah. our communication, like, and the way Ian and I have been working together recently is like, it's just on another level. It feels good. Yeah. And I think the thing we're always, we've really kind of reached is we don't want to make over uh, like so many artists, like he was saying earlier, really try to make kind of cookie cut. Like, hey, we want to sound like this massive, you know, alternative band right now. Right. And, or something that was, you know, four, five, six years ago. And I think, you know, with us, something we've always been like, you know, especially recently, we've tried to kind of stay outside of sounds or particular sounds but it's so funny because we just released these last you know this ep and those songs are still you know almost three years old almost like i mean yeah possibly yeah it's funny this last record was interesting because just because of holdbacks and obviously covid and right. not even just that just like a weird period of like time like i did some tech stuff with some other bands for like 2019 like i went on the road ian was doing some other projects everyone just kind of like doing their own thing for a second yeah. you know this ep and ian was preaching it i should have listened but i, I learned this <laughs> in the process as ian was like bro we gotta drop these now or they're not gonna be relevant and i was like bro like duh. but like he's kind of right and i don't think they're not relevant but like you know it, it is interesting we probably could have dropped this record mid you know we could probably could have dropped this record a year earlier or yeah. dropped you know yeah for two of the songs all the rest and figure me out we could have dropped in 2019 yeah. but you know it yeah. was kind of and that's kind of i think even just economically you know what we're gonna have to do is just like we have two more songs that are ready we're working on some more but those two songs didn't fit on the record because we were taking so long to write the songs by right. the time we wrote those they were something else very different yeah than what it was before and we changed producers too and stuff but i think now we're just going to do the singles and stuff and yeah, it's, it's with the world it works you know with social media and all the algorithm stuffs you know <laughs> a day almost yeah. and then it's all old news and if I, you know, I, something that's I was stays. listening to a podcast a day and this is exactly what you're saying there's no like crazy thing but for some reason help me here on the podcast they're talking about this guy was talking about art in general he's talking about filmmaking he's talking about like paintings and stuff too and he was talking about like an artist and and um like what his biggest fear was and he's like oh well like you know if if you're not new then you're not relevant and i'm like damn like that's super true. But at the same yeah. time, I think that's bullshit because like there are timeless stuff like Radiohead and stuff. I think that is absolutely oh, like, back. Talking to capitalism, just 
right <laughs> artists and like wringing them dry like what do you mean like i have to drop a record every year for the rest of my life or i'm fucking worthless like right. <laughs> like i could write an ep and be 16 and drop it on soundcloud and like a thousand people hear it and like be an amazing artist and like you know what i mean it's just this world's crazy I mean, fuck yeah well and I, I think you know uh, a stat that i don't know if you you've heard this or not um i did a podcast with a guy I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about this. Um, so, you know, getting into the subject of like trying to stay on top of the trends and stuff like that, with the age that we live in, it's super hard to do that. Like the cookie cutter thing, like you're talking about, like yeah. we're just going to make it for the Spotify algorithm. So, I think it was from February of this year, uh, Spotify estimates over 60,000 songs are pushed to it per day yeah and it's like how how do you try to stay on top of that like that's where i think the authenticity of the art is more important than what we're trying to just keep up with the trend yeah 100 percent. i mean that's a crazy statistic yeah that's actually wild i mean and it's funny is like i'm sure spotify would tell you like I just created a computer to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. It's going to tell everybody what's good, like where. Okay. But also too, I mean, that actually, that type of stuff does work to a degree. Like I'm not just going to hate on it. Cause yeah. you know, if, if they take your song and they, you know, put it in front of people who listen to Fugazi or Katy Perry, or hopefully they put it in front of the right people and they're right. listening to it. Well, then they just hooked you up, but it's, it's really weird. Um, but I think, yeah, I think authenticity, you know, plays a role and like, we're still learning that too. Like as artists, I think we're like really young and, uh, it's, it's a hard thing. I think it's like a constant learning process, you know, evolving. I think our, 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 uh, stuff has gotten more authentic. Like I think this yeah. is more authentic than our last record for sure. We definitely were, we were young trying to be like, the bands we grew up listening to yeah um, that's what our previous like 2017 record feels like too. it was yeah. yeah it was like we had the energy like on stage of like red hot chili peppers but then we were <laughs> making like folk music indie rock and it was just kind of right and we just, you know that that you know energy was always there but we never found a producer really until recently the past couple of years uh, yeah. that could translate those you know that kind of energy to a track our first record, we went through kind of like a jazz studio, and that was kind of a mistake. The guy was yeah, the guy was awesome. He was a awesome. badass, but it, just it was just like, kind of it was yeah. He didn't know where we were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's right. hard to go from like like I think literally like the week before he had that he was like recording like the Whalers, like Bob Marley's band, and then like we come in, <laughs> you got to go from like that to like make us sound like. Yeah, or like, like you know, or some some yeah. indie artist or something. But um, yeah, we were like seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> we we're like, dude, this is sick. He has forty <laughs> mics on the drums. We're gonna sound super professional, <laughs> and we did. This guy was like, right. genius. Like, I would love to work with him again as an engineer. That would be really cool for him to like record the stuff because he was actually yeah. on the cutting edge. But like, you know, on a different subject, it is really crazy how much like a producer can grow you and like augment you and like you really do need yeah. somebody to translate those like ideas into something tangible because you know we have a new producer now named evan he's awesome for this last ep for Glaw, we worked with aaron marsh she was in that band copeland mm-hmm. uh, you know copeland yep. but yeah so i mean when we were started working with him we're all a little like 
starstruck to a degree because he's like a, our the local legend we're from from Lakeland, yeah. Florida. He's like you know, the god. Now he's our homie. But like he was just <laughs> like I remember seeing him in like a coffee shop when I was like 18. And like my homie didn't really care anything about music. He's like, just like say hi to him, bro. Just like introduce yourself. I'm like, no, bro. Like <laughs> he's like a genius. And and we got to work with him and it was awesome. And he brought a vibe to this record that we're probably actually never gonna sound like this again because it was almost like the production on this record is almost like a radio head like it, it's like an alternative band but it's not like you know this next it's step we have pop alternative yeah like we, yeah. Are we were not going pop music in terms of the writing but in times terms of the production style you know where right. this new stuff that's unreleased is in that world but with aaron he really like kind of pushed like the alternative band vibe and it it's kind of weird like it is a little bit of like a time capsule it yeah it's like, cool. um it's cool yeah, yeah we owe that to him we owe the new sound to our producer it's just like funny it's because like I, I bet even if one of the new songs aaron produced it it's just crazy like all the same parts and everything and it has a completely different feel and like emotional response like it's it just it's crazy shout out to producer. yeah 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 dude yeah for real shout out to no and that's something i've talked about before on the podcast is like especially through covid you know like everybody tried to learn new skills and stuff and some people are super talented at that side of things but like the people that have ideally went to school but you don't even have to go to school for it but like true producers yeah are next level when it comes to a lot of that stuff and it's like you may be able to do some cool shit and get close but if you link up with the right producer it's it's over you've got for nothing sure. on them <laughs> sure and you know like we all have different jobs too like i was talking about yeah. like Ian earlier too is it's like okay like you know let's bring everybody together in a way that kind of offsets everything obviously like a producer is like pretty key component of that ian's a great producer too he won't say it himself probably but he <laughs> a record for his other band like bass and like you know does a lot of the textures and stuff we have on the glass house point stuff but at the same time we still have had a producer okay. to take it to another level because it is it is crazy they just know stuff that yeah we got years on this <laughs> yeah, and also too like it's kind of weird you know getting to work with different artists too just like the experience of working with different artists oh like, it's changed a lot right now yeah yeah exactly but, you know and especially for a producer like our our new producer evan like he's just like the demand for him is crazy like he's just worked with hundreds of artists like i've worked with this one man <laughs> but that's, that's, right. that's my comfort zone like that's what i like to do but uh he can just hop in there and he's good to go and doesn't matter yeah that he you know he's i mean even right now we should tell him up to you know write a new song with him and uh he's booked out through almost september yeah and, you know it's crazy just you know and he's putting out a song every three days almost so yeah it's like, yeah okay. yeah but and i think you know kind of to your point like as good of a producer as you may be when it's your project like you hold a special place for it you don't want to mm -hmm typically don't want to experiment too much or like, ah, that's not, you know, where I want to go with it. But then you bring in an outside perspective from a producer, especially one that's experienced. They go, you're really close, but if we just add this and then, like I said, it just expands and blows up in that soundscape. And then you're like, oh shit, maybe I need to take the training wheels off. Oh, for sure. Literally. That was like with this one we have unreleased. We had this song, we wrote it back. Um, it was like, it had this really intricate, like sequenced part. And we were like trying to like, before we went to the studio, yeah. we got like remember how to learn it. Cause it'd be cool if we were actually playing it rather than have a sequencer do it. And we get in the studio 
And our producer's like, that's not the part. He goes, the part <laughs> is just this big, simple, you know, da 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 kind of part, you know, real heavy. Yeah, the baseline. And it just, it, it just, the whole song vibe changed, but it was just right. And yeah, we all were sure. like, oh, that's where it's at. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, I was just talking about the end before this, this, this. There's this David Lynch quote that's like, never turn down a good idea, but never accept a bad idea. And like, as an artist too, you do need to be like, you know there comes a time where it's like firm like yo like straight up yeah like, not it yeah like <laughs> you know what i mean because you gotta be the idea and like the space that that comes from but at the same time like you know that's why it's cool being in a band too is like ian's are really good at it at taking a lot of the stuff i do and i've actually had to learn over the last like three years and now i'm like i love it honestly i think it's really exciting i think and now at this point i'm like relying on it but i i can give something to ian and he'll like just discombobulate the shit out of it. Like, but like in a good way. And then sometimes I have to like, <laughs> I get myself back to him and, he fixes and I like do the things that like I wanted to do to like rein it back in a little bit, but it's just, it's impressive yeah. and it works. And it's cool that we're in the same band together too. Cause that's not a producer relationship. It's like, you can take something I do basically and totally do whatever the fuck I guess. Yeah. And that's still a glass house point song, you know, versus a producer doing that. And then it's like, well, yeah. I mean, if it's dope, then just get them in the band. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right. In the band now, like. <laughs> well, but I, I think it goes into kind of how the music scene is right now. Like, I saw a meme today that said basically it was a uh, the scene from Toy Story. Hopefully Disney doesn't copyright me for saying that now. Uh, but it's that scene from Toy Story where Buzz Lightyear's up on the shelf, and then it pans down the aisle, and there's just hundreds of them. And it says uh, pop punk band featuring Travis Barker. And then the whole <laughs> band featuring Travis Barker. And I'm like, shit, you know, that's really true. Like, and I'm a huge Blink-182 fan and Travis yeah, yeah. fan, but everything is featuring Travis right now that's yeah. blowing up. And it's like- Did you listen to that new record? I didn't listen to it, but what is, what's the guy's name? I'm having a blank right now, but you know who- MGK, Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, yeah, I even forgot about that. No, it's not even him. Um, there's another dude, he's a like up and coming artist. He's been, I'm actually gonna look it up real quick. because I'm looking it up too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh God, Travis, they, this just came out. This is probably the most recent, uh, the guy, Kenny Hoopla. Oh, wait, really? Yeah. No, I've not heard that one. He He's this new, he's like a new guy. Like he's been coming up with like, it's, he's in that scene and he's good. He's cool. Um, it's just kind of funny that he did like a whole record with like Travis Barker that like, you yeah. know, it's pop punk's interesting, especially now. Like the vibe it's going in now is like, it's like, I don't know. We'll see. I like his splice <laughs> samples though. Travis Barker's got some good samples on that. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a genius. He's a super talented dude. It's just funny. But yeah, there is a lot of stuff because he, he, they just dropped drop, like, like 12 tracks or something they're all like featuring Travis Barker like everyone yeah, that's what's so crazy is like I don't I, it's so hard nowadays to like, even just for it's so sad I love records I love I love an album but it's right. so hard to sit down and really listen to a full album anymore just off of like how sure there's like you said there's 60,000 songs uploaded a day it's almost and you know what's crazy I've been listening to or thinking about too which is so weird and I don't remember what artist I was listening to but like for my job to drive a bunch I'm like driving right. constantly so it's a great opportunity to like listen to music and yeah. stuff and I can get through a whole record before I get to where I need to be whatever whatever um, but then sometimes like, and I, I still, I don't make playlists on Spotify. Like I don't like, 
um, you know, I, I always just actually listen to the records or like I listen by artist. And I, I don't know, I don't yeah. know why more people don't do that. That's just how I've always done it. And weirdly, when I talk to people, I feel like that's not usually how people listen to music for some reason. Like a lot of people will have a playlist or they do something else. I don't remember what they do, but right. I do the artist thing. Like, who do I want to listen to? Whoever, whoever. And it's like funny, like you, there's, you know, as a creator now, as like an artist, like it's weird making a record. You because there's two different listening experiences that can happen is you drop an LP and um, you know, they listen to that LP song one to song 10, they have that experience. But what, what's really happening is they're going to Spotify and they're clicking on song one and maybe your top five songs are from that new record. But like, you know, even our EP we just released. So now they're listening to the songs on the record, but maybe they're not hearing all the songs and maybe they're hearing the songs in a totally different order it gets kind of really weird because you know what's the point in even ordering the songs on a record if that's going to be it or maybe it's cool like it's, but it's a it's a different listening experience that's going to change the work completely right and that's just how it works now it's so weird yeah. but like also it's kind of cool like you know i was listening to our like ep like our hearing you know i think estuary it's actually like higher up now than like all the rest all the rest is like one of the singles we dropped and like hearing Estuary on Spotify, you know, not Google Drive, whatever, like just going seamlessly from like Estuary into All the Rest. All the Rest is the first song and Estuary is the last song. So it's weird. I've never even heard right. that before, you know, but that's how I'm listening to it on Spotify. Yeah, it's also so, kind of crazy too, is just thinking about the Spotify as the uploading process has changed versus what it was with yeah. CD. Because just from a mixing point of view, we, we, we moved away from decibels really now and like True Peaks to this, this Luffs system of measuring integrated loves and that's something that i don't think many artists who are doing it diy are very aware of when yeah. they're submitting stuff to sell at spotify or DistroKid or whoever you know yeah. so we have we're lucky we have a you know a producer who's aware of these things but you know when you're sending it off to like a platform you know, back in the day they were just trying to make it as loud as possible that was the loudness war. right next record was loud the next yeah. create that limiter and um you know now you can't do that. They're going to turn you down. It can really yeah. affect your mix, and you have to have the right engineer to know that stuff. And really I feel like we're still way. figuring that out oh, too. Yeah. You know, because like one thing with our sound is like Ian knows more about this stuff than me. So I because actually wanted to ask Evan. We're actually about to send some of our songs to mastering, but um, you know the whole thing is if you do get playlisted on Spotify, you you know you want that hip hop song to come on, and then if your song comes on, it's got to slap. You know what yeah, I'm saying? It's got a slap like a Travis song. Like an 808's got a hit. It really does. Where your tick drum is. But it's... what if Spotify compresses your mix? And we, what we do a lot too, it's like our thing. Like, you know, kind of need to probably get away from it a little bit, but we'll bring it way down and we'll bring it way up. So if you looked at the waveform of the song, it's like this. Yeah. From a compression standpoint, I think you were explaining to me, it makes it like kind of difficult to make it like louder on these platforms because stuff. you have different peaks and it's you have yeah kind of, so so they kind of take the middle ground of it or to some degree and and do it off of that versus you have a you know a hip-hop song that's slapping the whole time or it's quiet the whole time and or or these labels just actually do have an end and like are able to like really cater it to that have yeah. specific mixes for every platform like i pulled off i used to have like a a like a loudness metering I got from like mastering the mix, you know. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to me. <laughs> but um, no, they really, I, I was throwing in um, 
uh, like, you know, some, some stroke songs. I'm gonna pull up a YouTube. So it's, it's so hard to actually find like downloading music these days. I don't use Apple to yeah. download songs anymore. And so you know, I, was, I was pulling them off and like, wow, these things are hitting like, you know, plus, you know, almost five decibels and like, you know, Spotify is supposed to upload at negative three. And so yeah. like, how are you getting it that loud on yeah. here? It's, it's weird. It's wild. Yeah. But I think that's, you know, again, kind of the backdoor science to it. Um, and to your point, like, I, I truly believe whether it's going to ever be front facing and, and everybody on the up and up, the major labels have an in with Spotify and, and whatnot. Yeah, they have to, like, there's no way that, that they don't. I guarantee they're paying money for certain artists to, to make those playlists and stuff because it, it, as good as some of that music is, it's like, okay, but why that song and not this song or whatever? And it's because that's what they want the lead single to be. Yeah. So, wow, that one's the trending song. And it's like, mm, but is it? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, it, there has to be. And also, you know, it's so weird that on the flip side, you know, we have had people, you know, we're, we're lucky to even be involved, to, to be honest. And hopefully we'll have our time too. But we've had a lot of friends blow up big. Yep. No, no stuff going on. Um, and, uh, you know, it, from Spotify, really, too, um, which is, like, really awesome. And, you know, we've even been a part of that, too. Like, with you know, we're very lucky to have, you know, even that one song brings us monthly listeners, right? So we can, right. you know, we need to be grateful for the fact that, you know, we have a song that even still Spotify is plunging to people. And that can be their introduction to us. And they, then they can hear our new stuff. I love it for our new stuff to be that introduction. But whatever. Right. <laughs> um, uh, but... It's just funny, you know, um, I guess, in, you know, as an artist, you're either, it's like, you have to be super polarized about it. Like you're either like, yo, fuck right. Spotify or like Spotify hooked you up so good that you just gotta be like, like, all right, thanks. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure people have ends and, you know, at the end of the day, like there are faces behind Spotify too. Like there are just people. Yeah. And maybe even not in a bad way. Like it's not like necessarily a bad thing. That's like all oh, major labels. Like, of course, like shit, hopefully we get a manager someday who like is like, yeah, man, I'm gonna go get a uh, breakfast with like Johnny. We're just going to fucking talk about like getting you six trillion streams. Yeah. yeah. Super low key about it. Uh, we're <laughs> going to be so. the next Gondon style. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, you know, again, just for doing music journalism, as long as I have, I know one of the girls over at, at Spotify, her name is Allie Hagendorf. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, I don't know her, but I know of her. Yeah. And so like, I remember literally a decade ago being on Warp Tour and seeing her you know, they're doing different things and stuff. And it's, it's cool to see that she's progressed as far as she has, yeah. but you know, to, that was kind of to the point that you made, like there's obviously faces on the backside and she does curate a ton of playlists for them. Sure. But again, I, I think, do, cause I think she has, I mean, I have no clue. Like, I think she right. has like, plugged though and, or been a part of some of the bands we played with like stories, like, like uh, this one band, like the band Camino, like probably mm -hmm. really yep. absolutely blew up like they it's hilarious how this happened really but we did three shows with them back in 2018 when they were really just starting to come up but not like really like we were part of that regional touring circuit right we show swapped with another band that they were actually opening for they opened for two of our shows in florida we opened for them in nashville which is a bullshit show actually because <laughs> because of some logistics they literally show they put us on before doors and then like the band camino was second out of five bands we played right before them 
Dan Camino plays right at doors, like 300 people come. And like, we drove all the way up to Nashville. And then there was like some bullshit at the end of like, yeah, look, we got you guys for another show. This wasn't Bank Me, this was somebody else. And they're some great friends, but some bullshit happened with the venue. And they're like, here's 70 bucks, man. Like, and we were just like, oh my God. Like, what? Yeah. But, um, but, you know, like, I think she was part of their story to a degree, too. Because oh, okay. I think I saw her friend that had, like, a... Or, like, they would tag each other and stuff, too. But, like, yeah. that's also good because, you know, if she's, you know, there needs to be people who facilitate music. I think a lot of the struggle for artists nowadays in just general is it's not whether your stuff's good or, like, whether you hacked this or hacked that or whether you did hack this or hack that. Like, at, at some point, you the struggle that everyone's having is not blowing up or whatever. It's like getting your music in front of a lot of people. And like, right. if they bite, they bite cool. Then you just sent it. If they don't bite, then that's also fine. Like, doesn't mean you suck. It just, you know, right. you didn't bite, but it is hard. You know, Spotify makes it possible, but it's still incredibly hard. Like, you know, we're still trying to figure out Instagram too. Like, how do you actually get in front of people on, on Instagram? Cause you know, <laughs> it, we have 3000 followers and like, you know, Instagram, like we're going to show it to 30 fuck you like yeah um, <laughs> and it's just like so how do you grow you right know, like, well i think those algorithms i don't know how often spotify changes theirs but you know like instagram and and twitter and tiktok like those algorithms change so frequently it's like by the time you figure out okay these hashtags are working this is working you start doing that and then they switch the algorithm and it's like what the fuck just happened i i was doing so good <laughs> <laughs> it's funny it's almost like they're trying like you know the whole insanity thing like you repeat the same process right like, you know, getting different results like that's almost what they baited us on with like social media they're like look you'll be able to figure it out and then like they just keep changing it and it's like you know we do the same we're doing the same thing over and over again you know make some music drop it you know do a couple social media posts same thing hope hope spotify hooks it up you know right but also too like that kind of goes to the point obviously i'm joking there's stuff you could do but i think right. if you're doing like really good work and that includes live shows too now that that's coming back and you know if it's a safe show it totally depends on the show um totally yeah. depends on the environment and everything but like i think you know creating all the bands that we played with it was on a different note that i you know actually want to talk to you about too it's like all these bands that we played with with, with that have sent it really hard even including us why we were able to tour and people were you know jumped on our shows and we got a name for ourselves in florida and the southeast is like you know you kind of do need to make a movement like you need a group of people who really do want to go to your shows you really do want to be involved um and i think that the core of that's just like making good work whether that's a good live show good whatever and like that's really the only thing in our control um i'd rather wait till 35 40 years old to blow up and be incredible right. versus like you know imagine if the entire ep not just creatures like blew up crazy we're like huge and then like <laughs> we're not like you know what i'm saying and you're and you're and you're like trying to swim and like keep up like yeah. you know, we have a lot to learn as as artists so you know i guess just be patient and I don't know. It's it's a weird landscape. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I I think you know it's one of those weird dichotomies, right? Like like you said, obviously yes, you would love for this stuff to blow up and be super successful, but as you're still figuring things out, whether it's the evolution of your sound and stuff like that, like if that EP would have or that album would have blown up, like okay, but then we switched sounds. Like was that the flash in the pan type of situation? Okay. And there's, um, 
this thing that David Lynch says too, it's like success can actually be more de- It can be very detrimental. Success can be yeah. super detrimental, even more so than failure. Cause you know, you come off of a film or a single or something with this incredible hyper success, you can't take those risks on that next one. Or if you do like, you know what I'm saying? So it's almost yeah. like, you know, if you're starting from scratch or starting from a place of, you know, which we're not, our, 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 our EP has been doing great, you know, no yeah. massive blowups on Spotify, but we're very lucky. You know, I was scared. No one was going to listen to it. Right. People did. So that's cool. Uh, people came to our release show and it was one of the best shows you've ever played. It was just awesome. Um, but, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just interesting. Like success can be pretty detrimental too. And um, I don't know. I, I think it's cool that to be in a place where we can still take risks and if people hate it, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our new stuff's fire though. So I don't think we're not. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think, you know, going back into kind of the age that we live in now, right? Like you can change so quickly because of digital streaming. And at the end of the day, like, Hopefully this doesn't happen to you, but you put something out that flops. Oh, well, there's 60,000 new songs coming out the next day. Like we can move past that pretty quickly. For sure. And, you know, as long as we, you know, as long as the artist or whoever, you know, if it's, if it's not a flop to us and it, it probably won't be a flop commercial, we're still pretty freaking pop. Our new producer, we're going to be more pop than we've ever been, even though we kind of do some, you know, in terms of the writing, it's not, but um you know i don't know i'm just gonna make some stuff that we it's like got some low end yeah it's got some low end <laughs> we put some 808s in it I, evan put some 808s in it we didn't put any <laughs> right <laughs> um so let's talk about you know you've you kind of touched on it you guys have been relatively successful in your area um being florida so i find it interesting you know you said you've played a couple shows so far this year um Florida's kind of a fucking lawless world. So what does that look like for you guys right now as far as how things are opening up? And like, obviously you're making a conscious choice to not put people in danger if you don't feel like it's safe. Absolutely. What's that look like for you? Only outside shows right now. Um, Everybody's told and encouraged to wear a mask. Uh, It's, you know, we really want you to be out there only if you're vaccinated. We include that in all of our promo and stuff like that too. Uh, it's just yeah, Florida man. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not a joke, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> was, you know, I, we're, we're leaving that. You know, we're getting off the stage, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to like go out. And... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's packed, and it's like, oh yeah. It's, you know, it's we're all so scarred. I think from uh, COVID, it's it's really crazy. And we played a show up in Gainesville, which is like North Florida for us, like you. Um, and, uh, it was, you know, they had benches, everybody yeah. spaced out and have individual seatings. Um, that one was a lot more low key. And then this last one we did was just one of the most packed shows ever played. And it was and, like, it was, it was kind of, I mean, yeah, it was like, almost like nobody really was even paying attention yeah. to it. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. But we, we did it. And, um, you know, again, we've been trying to advocate as much as possible to be safe, but it is lawless down here. And it is a little crazy. So, I mean, in terms of future shows and stuff, I mean, we're being pretty delicate with it. You know, that was yeah. a situation with our uh, our friend who's a local artist and it was just an awesome thing for the community. It was just it was a, like a, really, it was a skate event to put a skate park in Peru. Peru. It was just okay. a really, really cool thing. Yeah. Some of the best bands around and stuff. And um, we ran sound. It was a total clusterfuck. Uh, <laughs> but but, um, but it, that was great. But I mean, in terms of like other shows, I mean, it just kind of is what it is like we're 
you know, tours are coming back. There's nothing that's going to stop that. Like, you know, whatever we think or believe it, it's just crazy. Cause even I know the booking landscape and I, I know some people that are like from some bigger bands and stuff and like all these tours are happening and these booking agents, like, I mean, I think they're happening for real at this point. Um, these festivals yeah. that are announced and stuff, we don't have any big plans um, to play live still. Like if there's an opportunity that comes up, that's still like and both those shows are outside, like still the indoor, like not that you're safe outdoors by any means, but like there's a couple things that like, we're kind of trying to check. Like we're right. not trying to, we're not trying to do a small 100 cap venue with 100 people in it. That just doesn't feel like eh right. right now. Um, but I think by the end of the year, like, you know, I would love to, you know, do more shows and stuff, but it's got to be the right show. And we're, we're focusing on our music right now. Yeah, definitely it's the best on. thing to do. We definitely were saying, like, wait till everybody else starts getting going again and waiting to see kind of the, the climate because yeah but it does seem yeah. like we're there i mean and and whether it's a good thing or a terrible thing i have no clue honestly but it does seem like it's there i mean because even even our peers now like a couple of our peers have announced some tours and stuff and like yeah the arrows in the air it's gone so. <laughs> yeah well and so i think over the next week week and a half it's probably going to be pretty interesting because if i'm not mistaken this weekend is download fest over in the uk so like, yeah, and they're actually putting it on. So it's like, Bro. ooh, let's see how this actually goes because that's kind of their version of Warp Tour, you know? Yeah. So like, I think it'll be really interesting. I saw Neck Deep posted about it. They're gonna be there and stuff. And it's like, man, I just, as much as I love music and I really want to get to a show, I'm in the same boat as you guys. Like, do I do I take the chance? Like, where where are we at socially with all of this exactly and we don't want to i mean we don't want to put any of our fans in danger or anything yeah. like that and then we, we just, definitely don't want to be responsible for it oh no definitely want that's to like the biggest right. fear like in the end and like, i caught COVID at a glass house punch yeah <laughs> no. but i think that's kind of like ordering even with shows like personally like i'm just you know i'll wait a little bit it's already happening like i said download fest let's see what happens i'll be maybe it's front headline news i mean it might yeah. be you know what i'm saying um and you know at the end of the day people are making decisions too um it's, it's just weird and like on a positive note you know it is cool that music is coming back um you know yeah, with everything aside one day we're gonna have live music again so this isn't gonna go on forever and like even that last show we played like i don't sound lame or anything but like i kept having to say because it's like this big event we had a lot of people there for us too but a lot of people had never seen us so saying like hey we're glass house point like way more than i usually do like right. by the end of it like we've been a band for eight years. Like nobody noticed, thank to God, except for like my one friend. But I started like getting a little emotional. I've been like, we've been doing this for so long. Like people have just moshed like fucking yeah. And like, it's just, it it is pretty crazy. Like I needed that. I needed to play that show. Like I've everything about me, like just like rewired, like my motivation to do this. Yeah. Um, it was, it was so fun. that's exciting at least, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm kind of in that same boat. Like I just told a friend, you know, Mayday Parade announced a, a little tour and there's all these other tours that are going on and her and I've been talking about a bunch of different ones. And I was like, but who do we take the chance on? You know what I mean? Cause I'm still in that mindset that like it, I do, I think that, you know, the likelihood of me catching COVID again or anything is super high. No, yeah. but at the same time, like, do we want to risk 
this yeah. opportunity. Like I've seen Mayday Parade and I love them, but is that the show that I want to go and and do you know all of this for? Exactly. And if you are going to go to a show like you, just anybody, I mean, me, if I'm right. going to show, I'm wearing a mask. Like, exactly. I don't care. Like, why wouldn't I wear a mask? It would be interesting to see at this festival. I'm sure they can't enforce it or, you know, whatever. I'm sure right. no one will have a mask. I, I have seen things like electronic music festivals and stuff. Nobody has masks on. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't care. I'll be the dude with a mask. Like, just play it safe. I mean, not that that's you're invincible, but like, no, but you know, a little protection now freak me out. Like, yeah, no, it's, it's kind of, yeah, we're all, we're all wired the yeah. way now. New normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it's crazy. I was telling somebody a while back about, you know, like if you would have told me five years ago to wear a mask into a gas station, like, fuck no, they're going to kick me out. I'm going to get shot. Like they're going to think I'm robbing the place. And now it's like, you see somebody walk in without a mask and you're like, the fuck are you doing guy like what where's yeah. your mask you go into the bank they want you to wear a mask yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that, i haven't thought that's like the one place in florida that's like you know like i mean people say like the grocery stores here like Publix, like wear a mask but it's kind of crazy like you know i'll go in and a lot of people aren't wearing masks and like, even though it's like even that business is still like you got to wear a mask like no matter what like, right but people aren't doing it but that is the banks are ironically really hard on that rule still. That's freaking weird. I haven't thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's nuts. Um, so let's say perfect world, somehow COVID goes away or, or whatever, you know, we get enough under control where you guys start feeling comfortable with live music again. What would the perfect end to 2021 look like for you guys? Well, what do you think? End of 2021. Uh, we get, uh, what's, what's the big, playlist we get on a discover weekly on every track um, <laughs> we, <laughs> um let's see perfect end of 2020 I, I i think for us i'd like to see us get on some uh you know some opening slots on some tours i think it's about time for us to yeah or even just locally that would be nice and you know um yeah you know, Allie Hagendorf or however last name she finds our music, loves it. That's on the bucket list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, putting out some of these new tunes oh, too. It's kind of catching back up with ourselves. Like it's weird that we dropped a record and then like even on our post about it, we're like, yo, like we wrote this a long time ago. So, 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 <laughs> you know, like, so catching back up with ourselves and I would love to play probably an opening slot or something just because I want to, I want that feeling again. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty much it. I'll keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. So you've you've already said you've got a couple new tracks pretty much ready to go. Yeah. Um, you know, with the the new EP just dropping a couple months ago. Now, um, I guess a little over a month ago. Um, is the plan to just do these as like standalone singles, or do you want to make another body of work out of them? Ah. Uh you know, that's kind of up in the air. Yeah. That's kind of something we, we kind of debate that. I mean, even before we released this last EP, we were still like, you know, should we, what if we just put them all out as singles? Because like we talked about it's the algorithm and Spotify. Yeah. I see a lot of these bigger artists. I think it was like, funny, it was like Ghost Mane was like, why would I put out an album anymore if I could put out a, you know, yeah. a, a minute long song that gets repeated, you know, a hundred thousand times. Anyway. Yeah. Or they, it's, it's a minute long song, so they listen to it twice. Yeah. So <laughs> right. it's like, you know, so we're like, well, what if we just start doing that? But 
like I said, I think we kind of got away with a lot from a lot of the artistry yeah. and, and music lately with just how Spotify is pushing like, you know, new stuff, new stuff, drop new stuff. Yeah. It's, I went through recently and listened to like 15 bands in each of these just genres. I was like hip hop, rock, like singer, songwriter, dance EDM and uh, industrial. And almost all of them sounded just very similar. Like it was almost like you're saying this cookie cutter, like I, I love a lot of these projects, but like nothing is really standing out to me between these artists anymore. So I think yeah. we're probably, you know, I, I think we succeed a little more on a, you know, conceptual level with like a record. Yeah. But it might be more successful to put up these out just kind of singles at a I time. Think, Who knows? Well, at least for the next couple, I mean, we will be doing singles, but I think at the end of the day, like, you know, even if it's just to us, like only we know, right. the songs are going to be like, we were in a different world, it would be a record, you know? And, yes. and, if, and if you think of it that way, in terms of a record, you know, we're not, you know, we're, we're working on a third one that I think we're about to break right on through and, and then we'll have that. We got two more, but there'll be singles, but I mean, it would be really, really cool to eventually it gets so weird with digital how to like bring it all together they all have these ids and they all have to right and so you start doing singles and then you release them on a record it's freaking weird um but it'd be really cool to do some singles and then do an ep like put them back on an epr record or something yeah but, um it, the cool thing about singles like a positive thing is like it does make it easier to create music like we don't need ten thousand dollars to record a record and right use that as an excuse like you know ian will probably be the first one to be like dude like just fucking get in there like we got we got four chords two parts let's just do it and we'll just figure it out like i'm not exactly like that but we can do that and we can release like music yeah a lot faster you can also like if you wanted to do i think the benefit of record is if you really want to you know touch on different notes if you're saying like if you really want if you want to do a softer song you don't always want to put out a soft song if you're you know a rock band yeah. but, you know that sometimes is that third, fourth track or yeah, something that, sure. that's something that sticks out to a lot of people, but you know, it may not be something you'd want to put on a playlist as a single. Yeah, and right. Definitely never done a soft song as a single. So that'll be interesting if we do do singles to see if we ever write this, a soft single. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that scary to do. That's you yeah. want your single, you're just like, this shit slaps. Like, you don't like do the soft, like, but. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, obviously, it's yeah. such a crapshoot. There's so much science behind it, but it's a crapshoot where you know maybe that soft single is what latches people in. Like, yeah. oh shit, this is just a chill vibe. Yeah. Now we're sure. now we're gonna look at everything else and and realize this is all actually big vibe, and this was just their one off. Yeah. Um, but you know, like I think, like we've said so far throughout this whole thing, that kind of turned into more about you guys and, and the view on um, social media and, and streaming and whatnot. But um, I think it it's an interesting time to be an artist of your age because you have seen kind of the old, old school way, you know, CDs and all that. Um, and then you've been able to kind of grow through digital streaming and, you know, being, being around for eight years to some people, they're like, uh, they're still kids. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that's nothing. But realistically, like, there's a lot of bands, I say a lot, I can think of a few bands that have been around 20 years, you know, like, and obviously, like, your old, old school guys like Radiohead, Green Day and whatnot. But even now, like, Newfound Glory just celebrated 20 years, Silverstein, stuff like that. Yeah. So like, in the grand scheme of things, they're still evolving, you know, like, they're still 
constantly changing their sound. So is eight years a long time or is it a short time? It, it really depends on your longevity within the so industry. funny because in a lot of these PR like type things and like, you know, just interviews and stuff too, like talking about eight years, it is funny saying that because it's eight years. We started when we were 14. you know what i'm saying like so all these bands like you know that's a weird number to even say like how long you've been a band that only thing that's relevant to is how long you've been a band which is cool for us because we we started together and And hopefully we just keep going and stuff too but you know the bands who maybe make it two years in well they were in another band for eight years (laughs) or the other bands for two three you know so it's just funny but you know we've been in a band for eight years but when the band started uh we played one song four chords school talent show a lot of mumford and sons man yeah that was <laughs> yeah the upright bass yep. the, the banjo yeah that was the vibe that was so uh, yeah it's yeah it's been a crazy eight years but yeah we, really we've, it is an interesting time to be where we're at age career experience we're lucky that we have toured a lot all diy right. but you know i think that was a huge thing that that we got to do that a lot of people never get to do and they weren't terrible shows some of them weren't you know we, we learned i mean geez i guess even say that like like our music tastes so just you know yeah like i didn't know who radiohead was to tell like more recently than i'd like to even admit the influence on me is just insane you know what i mean so gosh like i just started listening to fugazi like two days ago <laughs> i'm like holy shit this is insane <laughs> no, i know that's you know there's 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 a lot of really good stuff out there too and i mean yeah it's, he, it's had, he introduces me to all my but and i mean that's the thing though like you you nowadays you have to have that friend right like i remember when pandora very first started they called it the music genome project and it was literally like I think you still do it this way. I haven't been on Pandora in forever, but you pick an artist that you love to create a radio station around and then just, you know, like or dislike songs and it morphs this thing and you end up discovering, you know, Operation Ivy off of a Fugazi song. And it's like, (laughs) hold on, like, where are we at here? What's going on? No, that's crazy. Man, it's so funny because like Pandora's still kicking it, right? Yeah. A lot of people use Pandora. It's so funny. We were talking about YouTube today too. And it is, it is really funny how we do so much today we talk about Spotify, but like, it is actually like, it's not as big of a market share as you like think. Like, I think it's right. like, it's something like, I mean, this is actually probably so wrong. I, I heard this somewhere, but it's like, you know, 25% of like listeners are like listening on like Spotify and like 15, 20% or something like that is like Apple music. It's a shitload, but it's also like 45, 50%. 60% like so YouTube Pandora all this stuff SoundCloud. I mean yeah SoundCloud yeah. like it's kind of funny um you know a great marketing on Spotify because like we all are under the impression like that it, it is the most important thing it probably is but it's kind of crazy like they, they've got the artists convinced too they got everybody convinced that like I, just, I think people got kind of tired with like all remember how iTunes was just like the, that that guy for so long it felt like and I think I think what it was was Apple you're right Apple was that guy you know iTunes was it and then they gave everybody that fucking YouTube album without anybody asking for it and everybody went you know what now we're good fam we don't need this <laughs> you know you're talking about Pandora before Spotify it was so funny I had another streaming service that I used yeah. to use I got him on it too um 
And my brother used Spotify and he was like, oh, this is the one. And I was like, no, nah, this is the one I like. It was called RDIO. Or and maybe it was, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. My radio. RDIO. RDO? I, don't, I, have no I don't know. But no. I, th- I know what one you're talking about. I think it is RDIO. And it yeah. got bought up by, by Pandora. I, yeah. remember, like, I remember I lost all my like stuff I had saved on there. I ended up just having to switch to Spotify. But um, yeah. it's just it's crazy. I wish they had just taken like and just copied their... <laughs> we, we made Pandora with that was. What's so funny, because I literally think Pandora bought that. I mean, they probably bought it to get into streaming, too, but it was the exact same oh, color logo. Like, it was, right. it, was, it was probably like, shit, we got to buy this. Like, people are using it, and, like, it's screwing up our branding. Like, it was, like, white background, like, blue, like, RDIO. And you can just, and you can stream whatever you yeah. want. <laughs> that is really weird, because, like, yeah, you did introduce me to that, and that was, like, in high school, and that was, like, the beginning of, like, streaming. So it's so yeah. funny because like digital has been around forever, but the streaming thing is like insanely new. I remember when they didn't have, insanely they didn't new. even have like Radiohead on those things. And then there was a big yeah. deal and like, you know, like Pink Floyd and yeah, they didn't have everything. Their stuff back on. Yeah. So I pulled up the stat. So as of 2019, Spotify has 35% of the market share for yeah. digital streaming. Yeah. Uh, Apple Music at 19, Amazon at 15. YouTube is only 6% of the digital streaming market. Like, so, you know, that goes into kind of something that we've talked about this whole time, obviously Spotify, but like figuring out those algorithms and stuff, like where am I going to put my focus? Cause I need to be in front of as many people as possible. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, shout out to services like, uh, distro kid. Yeah. Orchard and all those guys that are on the backside that can just, Bust it out to everybody. Yeah, just you know, get it to everybody because that because it's a pain in the ass to upload. Yeah, to that, that is true. Yeah, could you line them all up and do that individually to each freaking thing? Yeah, and that's the nice thing. Like with the podcast, you set it up one time off of the RSS feed on the the website, your host, and it goes everywhere. Like you have to set it up with each of them one time. But like if I had to upload every episode to every service, bro, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> It's just too hard. (laughs) (laughs) But like, you know, it's just, I've got a day job. Like I've got other shit I need to do. Like the amount of time it would take to to sit there and put it out on five, six different platforms. But like uploading stuff is like the most nerve wracking shit. Like it is the worst. I'm like sitting there for 45 minutes. Like, man, could you imagine if I fucked this up? Like, like, just reading the title. Yeah. Like, yeah. Reading the title 40 times, like listening to the track, like freaking. Oh my God. Cause it's It's scary. It's like you click send that thing's gone like 30 people. Like, yeah, (laughs) it's funny you say that. Cause I actually had an episode that I, same thing. I listened to it a bunch of times. Like I knew it was all set, checked all my wording and everything. Everything's good there and hit upload and went to bed. Didn't even think about it. And it's going to go live the next morning. Right. And, uh, I emailed the, the publicist in the morning. I'm like, Hey man, here's the link. Like do whatever you want to do with it. Um, it's live. And I get an email back like an hour later and he's like, is there a reason that it's only 20 minutes long? Didn't didn't you guys talk for like an hour? And I'm like, what the fuck happened? Oh. It uploaded, but it the file somehow when it uploaded got corrupted and only the first 20 minutes of that interview uploaded. So I had to go back, strip it all down and then put it back up. True. Uh, at least you got it fixed too. because That's a whole process. I, I Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was insane. And I was just like, what? Uh, and that like, and obviously they weren't mad about it, but it's just one of those like, 
how shitty do I feel and look like I couldn't even upload this interview correctly? Like, what's going on? No, I know. I even think about like how, I mean, they, they make it so easy for us. And I, I, I still mess stuff up all the time. <laughs> and uh, it needs to be easier. No, I know. I, I think about like if you had to edit, like how you edited music back in the day with tape and like having to like. Oh, splice yeah. it. Mm, I don't yeah. think, I, honestly, I don't think I would be in music. <laughs> I actually love technical things, but it's because of digital and current technology and the the usability of it. Like, I don't think I would be, I'm not into tedious stuff. So right. I need a good user experience. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, so let's say, you know, we, we kind of touched on it and then we both got off on a, a tangent there, but um, in the perfect world for the end of 2020, if you guys were setting up a headlining tour, what three bands would you want to take out with you? Ooh, I get anybody like like yeah. anybody vibes or like people. Yeah, let's do you know we'll do fantasy land. I'm good with that. Gosh, that'd be opening for us. That'd be scary. opening for us. <laughs> we have to fly <laughs> after them. All right, all right, I got, it, I got, it, I got. It. All right, opening Nickelback. All right, just, just... <laughs> all right. um, yeah, they're starting it off. You know, okay, volleyballs are going. Um, but I'll just say this too one. because so this is somebody we played up on tour, and I think it's totally forgotten about us. But I'm like obsessed with them, they're so good. Hope we link up again. Go Soul Trio, oh, shout out awesome. to Go Soul Trio, whoever listens to this or you know, <laughs> deep into it. But they're insane, they're amazing. I would love to just in the real world do something like that, be very hard to play after them. But I think that would be super yeah, check cool. them out. They're really they're young guys out of Ohio, and um, DK the drummer really fucks with them. And uh, they're really cool. They're really cool. They're they're drummer. Oh my god! They're they're bass player. Yeah, they're they're all that, just that would be sick. Um, that'd be cool. Radio, back, go social. Radiohead, but we have to crush them. Yeah, <laughs> but they're limited to the bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they 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 have to play creep on this tour. Awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um. So let's say, you know, kind of one of our wrap up questions is going to be, we've talked so much about digital streaming and the accessibility for music. If fans listen this deep into the conversation, which hopefully they did, uh, what three artists do you think your, your listeners should also be listening to? I'll just say it again, that Ghost Soul Trio, I think that, I think there is, they're one of the small band, few bands, and I think we're doing a similar thing. They kind of go a different direction, but who are kind of going this like really well produced, like heavy, sophisticated kind of instrument. Proggy. Yeah, just kind of and you know um, type thing that I I hope will catch on because I think there's a little bit of a new style emerging, and there's I don't know why they sound like it too. Like we're really disconnected, but they're an awesome band. Um, I would love for our fans to listen to them. Yeah, Ghost Soul Trio is sick. They're, they're, they were that band that we traded uh, CDs with them. Shout out CDs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, um, it was like the only CD in our band. <laughs> like, actually, you know, it got stuck in there. And then like, our <laughs> aux cord broke. Yeah. So we were just listening. We to know all we could remember. Like yeah. for like weeks. And like, you know, you, you'd be driving the van to like a cover day or something like that. And you'd go, oh, the aux cord. You'd go, or like a dongle. And so you put on the Gold Soul Trio. And like, oh man, this still, this still sucks. Um, <laughs> Well, so, I, I would I would have um oh shoot have them listen to I mean I'm a I'm a big uh I'm a big MF Doom fan 
And so I think a shout out uh, Daniel Dumile, and so I would I would have them if they haven't educated themselves on the, the discography of him. I would put them to him because he's been a major influence. We have we use some of his samples on uh not some of them. Sorry, with Jay Dilla. Then I'm doing Jay Dilla. We, there's those are big um, production influences for myself and. And then others like local people too. Like there's another band like the Hales, I think out of here too. I just heard one of their new tracks that they haven't like released yet too. And they're doing really, really awesome stuff. Um, gosh, who else? Oh, this one band that we played with in Atlanta. Oh, and said, yeah, Mansell. They're not getting enough credit at all. Like crazy. In, like, like, I mean, one of those bands where it's like, holy shit, like these guys are so good. It's like, you know, these are the type of people that like, not like, competition it shouldn't be a competition right. like wow like i'm this is gonna make me push myself yeah like, i'm They're sure you're awesome. so good again same thing too oh, very um, similar style to us. oh my god yeah this other dude used to be in a band called trash panda and i i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right but um his new project is lazuli vein this guy's okay. just like totally uh, like i'm he's a genius yeah <laughs> so cool too and uh but the music's just so good like the themes the lyrics everything His working production. together i think he does all the production and recording himself i think he just moved to uh jacksonville too and it's hilarious because he's like hanging out with this other dude from a band a bunch that like we always play with uh christian from oh, miles from london they're like oh. best homies now it's it's just funny, but he's he's awesome too. Because we do we played with so many bands, we played so many hundreds of shows. Um, that I will say, I think it's a cool question, or not that the question was supposed to be local people or people yeah. who come to or played with, but like there's there's a lot of people who deserve to be, I mean, just huge. Um, because they're the, all those people we just listed are probably I I actually think some of the most cutting edge like people in music right now, truly. Yeah. 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 Let's into them. (laughs) And that is kind of the intent of that question is, you know, obviously it's easy to say the the radio heads and the the big artists, but I I love, so You Make the Scene came out of trying to build community, right? Like no matter what scene you're a, a part of, everyone in that scene is what makes that what people love. So I think you guys nailed it, like supporting the other local artists and stuff like that is just going to grow the community and in turn grow you guys and them. And like at the end of the day, yes, you know, you want to say that you're the successful one, quote unquote, but at the same time, like, you know, you said earlier, success is subjective. So like if you guys get to a level of success that you're comfortable with, but you can bring other people along with you, like, isn't that really the goal? Yeah, absolutely. It's like what I was saying earlier too about like kind of needing to create a movement. I think one thing, you know, not even in that like a good way or something, but like we just don't like even our producer said it. Like I don't know what this sounds like. Like especially our new stuff. Like we don't sound like any band. And like yeah, you know, I've been noticing the type of stuff that Spotify and people like that are trying to even associate connect the dots. Man, it doesn't make any sense. And there are very, very few bands who we sound like. And it's almost kind of like what we would need. Um, and maybe this is kind of how we need to go to and make sure we're uplifting everybody and stuff too, is it's like, you know, hopefully, you know, if we do get big, people are like, we're that next band that people are like, we're just, we're gonna sound like them. Like, fuck it, we're just gonna try. Like, they're sick, they're dope. But like, we need also like a group of bands 
in that world. Even Ian's other project, like base, is I mean, y'all, I mean, you guys are pushing boundaries too. Like we're all trying to push boundaries. We're doing something different. But yeah, like I mean, especially Ghost Soul Trio and Mansell, they're very much in that world. They're still very different, but the great mixes, incredible instrumentation, musicianship, just like off the wall. Um, incredibly deep songs. Like that's kind of what we're trying to do, our best to do. And yeah, like that's what we're trying to do. So yeah, hopefully we all blow up and then we can kind of create, you know, something different in this like indie scene. Right. The indie scene, we got to get away from the pentatonic scale. I'm kind of roasting myself there. No (laughs) No more pentatonic scale. Like it's ambient, like catchy, like you gotta have a Fugazi break in there, or like <laughs> not good. Chug. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't know, but yeah, to, to play off that, I hope I hope there's kind of a new. I hope the sound of like indie rock or whatever like evolves. I think it is, and yeah, I, just, I don't really want to hear another band that sounds like Coin. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> shout out those, those bands are great. They're awesome, but there's so many people that really that are trying to be this kind of like. And that's what we get grouped into a lot, a lot of times. Yeah. And, and it's, it's weird. It's like, okay, like do the pop punk people like us or the skaters like us to these like people who really like coin like us, right. they all kind of like us, but they're like, oh, like, you know, it's just different. So yeah, I just, but there know. are band, a lot of bands that are doing cool shit and you know, a lot of people that deserve a lot of credit. Absolutely. So who, who do we say? Lazuli Bane, um, Ghost Soul Trio. Mansell, DVMK is another one. They're they're good guys. They actually those we pay a lot of credit to them. They, they kind of like led us into our scene yeah. in Tampa, and um, and they're in Nashville now. Self produced kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah, they're really good too. So awesome, awesome. That's everything I've got for you guys. Obviously, we'll link your social medias and stuff. And I'm just like you. I it's that necessary evil. Like I like social media on one hand, but I really hate it on another. Uh, but go ahead and tell people like where they can find you, kind of what to expect out of your sure. social media. Oh, cool. like and we'll definitely link it too, and on, on our socials. And hopefully, people listen to it. It was an awesome conversation. Yeah, um, it was a lot of fun. So thank you. Yeah, check us out. Yeah, absolutely. At Glasshouse Point and uh, at Fiendish OC and at Dylan Graham. <laughs> <laughs> awesome guys. Cool. Thank you so much. much, Yeah, I I appreciate your time. I'll let you know. uh, Actually, hang on. This will be going live. Pull up the calendar. I think we have a couple weeks for this, but uh, this will be going live. Looks like July 14th. Actually, that's that's a great time for us, too. So we're looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully we can do it again, too. We would love. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when when live music comes back and we're able to, you know, do tours and stuff, I'm just up in Indiana. So if you get up to Nashville, yeah. I'm not too far away from you from that point. So we can figure something out. Chicago before too. It's been a long okay. time, but uh, I, I remember on that tour, we wanted to come through Indiana. So I uh, did, we, we will be out there someday, man. I would love to yeah. see you. Now. It'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely guys. I appreciate it. Have a nice night and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Cool. All Thanks, right, homie. Thank you. Thanks, man. Have a good one. And that was my conversation with Glasshouse Point. Um, as always, you know, definitely hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Um, you know, if you're a fan of the band, hopefully you learned some stuff about them. If you're just a fan of the podcast and that's an episode that you listen to, hopefully you'll go check them out. Um, 
you know, we're going to, as always, link their social handles and all that. So you can find them on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, you know, whatever. Um, but no, I really appreciate the guys taking the time to do that conversation and, and uh, you know, just rolling with it, really. We talked, you know, at length about streaming services and Spotify and things like that. Um, and obviously we talked about their music and everything as well, but, um, just a great conversation. And that's really what it's about is being able to just kind of chill and not have pressure on them to sales pitch their, their album, if you will, and be able to talk about all the things that influence them as artists and, um, you know, things that influence decisions that are made and things that they have to take into consideration when making music or how they want to release it. And it's just a, uh, it's a really complex process. And, you know, for a DIY band to try to navigate that nowadays really says a lot about them. And I'm, I'm really very impressed with the kind of, foresight i guess that they've had with all this and their ability to uh kind of see what's working for them and how to to manipulate and manifest that into bigger and better things um so that's everything i've got for you guys on this week's episode i believe uh so i definitely want you guys to leave a comment over on our instagram um, and let us know what you thought of the episode. Uh, be sure that you're following the podcast, that you're, uh, you know, subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a like on there as well. You know, you can like the episodes and stuff. That is just really cool because it helps us get kicked up in that algorithm as well. Um, but for now, since this is going to be the end of the episode... Uh, I'm going to take you out with a new song from Glasshouse Point, and that's going to be called Figure Me Out. Remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.
Slowly. Yeah.